Good morning and welcome to AI Daily. Today's a fantastic show covering some great technical innovations and also some interesting announcements from big players in the space. So we're going to kick off with Falcon LLM. So Falcon is a new LLM that was just released, trained, open source. There's a 40 billion parameter model and a 7 billion parameter model. The most notable news here I saw was this is topping Hugging Faces charts for their evaluations. Barb, can you tell us a little bit more about what you saw with Falcon? So this is pretty interesting. So Falcon is the new leader. Who knows how long this will last? They have a, you know, sort of a raw, unfiltered model. They have an instruct model as well. If you want something that's more uh, specific for a chat-based experience, they also have what they call its little brother, a 7 billion parameter model. And, uh, you know, one of the cool things I found, I think they use four or so different benchmarks to, to rate these different LLMs against. And one of them is called Hellaswag. And it's a model that for, you know, I don't know if anybody knows yet, but humans perform at about 95%. We're still some of the state-of-the-art <clears throat> AI LLM models are only uh, performing at around 50%. So I just thought that was a cool, cool name for a benchmark Hellaswag. Connor, what did you see here with Falcon? What was interesting to you? You know, they're releasing some of their data and stuff, but I think the most interesting part here is the licensing model they're pursuing. So for personal and research uses, it's completely free and open. But then for commercial uses, it's kind of like Unity, the game engine, where if you're making under a million in revenue, it's also free. But once you hit above that, you have to pay a little bit of royalty, which is a pretty fair model. It's worked very well with Unity. So you can see it working well with AI models. Yeah, this commercial licensing is super important. I think it opens it up to small businesses to use and kind of still use commercially. It's not too constricted like something like Llama, but you know the model providers get their royalty when it starts to get bigger. Unity's had great success with it, and I really like this kind of framework here for open source models. Oh, so, fantastic. Let's move on to our second story. We're talking about JP Morgan, the financial giant, of course. They have filed a patent for what they call Index GPT. So very broad right now, but quote unquote, analyzing and selecting securities based on customer needs. You know, JP Morgan's been famous for in the past month or two saying, hey, none of our employees, we don't want you using chat GPT. You know, all these financial institutions are starting to build their own GPTs internally. We saw Bloomberg GPT that we talked about a bit ago, and now it looks like JP Morgan wants to get in the fold. Farb, what, what's, your, what's your take on this? You know, I think we are squarely in the PR era, heavy PR era of AI. This story reads as something that's almost a form of both external and internal PR. I have to imagine that the people that got this story out need their, you know, leaders and executives at JP Morgan to know that this stuff is happening and they need the market to know this. You can tell that in the information they're sharing. They sort of doubled down on saying we're going to drive $1 billion of value uh, from our AI efforts this year. We're on track to hit that number. Honestly, the number seems kind of low given the scale of the business. Uh, they also touted they have, you know, 900 uh, data scientists, 600 machine learning engineers, 1,000 people involved in data management, and the 200-person AI research team it sounds like a long list of stuff for me to rattle off. It's because there was a long list of stuff for them to rattle off, which they were very specific about doing. And they want the market to know that they are all AI, tons of AI, billions of dollars of value in AI. It's, it's actually cool to see everybody, you know, getting behind this new technological trend. I feel like it's been a decade since we've seen something like this. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm completely on point with you. I think it's a lot of PR hype and, you know, possibly just patent trolling at some points, releasing all these. But, you know, I talked about last week, I think there's some big funds beginning to use LLM in interesting ways. So, Connor, you know, do you think there's going to be anything here to index GPT? I'm not sure if you got a chance to look at the patent or anything like that. But, you know, GPTs and financial services, do you think we'll see benefits to consumers, to the business themselves? No, for sure. I think even internally, like as, as we said, it's banned um, publicly, but there's a lot of shadowy rumors about how internally everyone from executives to middle to everyone throughout the company is using ChatGPT on their personal devices or on their phones at home, et cetera. So I yeah. think I think JP Morgan is pushing hard on GPT. They're just trying to be careful and be safe and reduce liability, uh, which is probably why they're trademarking their own index GPT here. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. And I think that is the main story here is you have these big enterprises and big companies across law and finances that want to use these models, their employees want to use these models, but they're not going to be using ChatGPT. So whether it's PR or they're actually doing something internally, you have a lot of big companies trying to use this tech. So really cool to see JP Morgan trying to get in the folds. Our last story today is TikTok Taco. So TikTok, of course, is, you know, going through a lot of interesting things here in the U.S., but overall, they are the future of social media and have been for a while now, and they're starting to inject chatbots similar to something like Snapchat. So, Farb, I don't know if you got a chance to look at it, but they look like they're trying to analyze videos and answer questions based on that, less so, a you know, personal kind of AI like Snapchat. What's your take? One thing that I thought was interesting from this story is that this wasn't leaked by a user that saw it or a reporter that saw it. It was from an analytics company yep. that uh, sort of saw it happening because they haven't released it in the United States yet. Of course, it would be all over the news if they had done that. Uh, they've been testing it you know, around the world. This analytics company discovered it, sort of blew their cover on it. Not that obviously since it was out there, they weren't trying to hide it. And it seems like it it's able to understand the video that you're watching and sort of suggest other things that you may ask uh, based on the video that you're watching. But you can also use it as a form of search to find more content on the on the web. And, you know, I, I'm sure they're not staking their claim on this being their ultimate AI vision, that they're probably going to continue to do things. This is their first step. And it, again, it's nice to see big players getting in the mix. Yeah, d definitely. I think as a, you know, much different angle than something like Snapchat's, you know, my AI within their user experience. And the most interesting thing to me and Connor would love to hear your thoughts, but, you know, we talk about multimodal models and trying to take videos in and understand videos, ask questions based off videos. What better place to do that and collect data than TikTok themselves? What's your take on this? You know, I think there's going to be a lot of interesting things here to f search videos. I think it's very early days still. Like, of course, they were testing just in the Philippines. They didn't even tweet about it or talk about it at all until yeah. after this analyst company discovered it. Even looking at the UX and the UI, it feels very raw. It feels very just like a, really it's just a test bit. Um, even the model internally, we don't know what they're using. I'm assuming it's something Chinese. Uh, it's officially they said nothing from TikTok or from ByteDance, but you can probably assume it's not OpenAI. They want to keep the data in China. I have uh, to imagine this was not a ton of work for them, given that they've been doing insane amounts of, you know, computer vision on their videos for a long time now. They know what's going on in your yeah. videos. Whether very good understanding of what you have in the videos. That's why, as I talked about in this article too, like the search engine inside of TikTok is better than Google in a lot of ways. If you search for a video, you can find what you want pretty easily and it can show you a lot of what you want very easily. 
and now having more of a chatbot experience to find that could hurt Google some. So, absolutely, yeah. If I, I think the data they're going to have on what people have questions for based on a video is going to be really insane. You know, you watch a video, what else is looming in your head? That's going to help you know what videos should be next as well. So, probably another way for them to test some experience, but also mm. to improve their core business. So. It would be cool if, uh, as an influencer, if you could use it to understand trends that are happening maybe in TikTok, you know, Absolutely. are there as, as a way to sort of like <clears throat> get early on a trend before it gets super popular. Or you're like, what people are asking about your videos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, amazing. Well, as always, what else are you guys seeing? I saw a cool example of a guy being <clears throat> able to walk because of uh, AI. You know, it's tough to know exactly what everyone means, you know, given that we are in this PR frenzy of AI and anything you're doing, if it involves a computer, you're better off just saying there's AI involved and uh, letting people figure out how accurate it is. Uh, you know, but they said that they were using AI to connect this guy's brain to his spinal cord or something to, to the okay. machine that's controlling him, uh, sort of, I think, subverting his spinal cord that's injured and uh, was able to start walking again. And who knows if this is you know, LLM type AI. I don't think so. My guess is this is an example of some machine learning that's happening, uh, which is amazing. And I think we are going to see this stuff accelerate rapidly in a few years. I think, you know, in three to five years, it's probably going to be standard to be like, no, you don't need to be in a wheelchair anymore. We've got uh, the tools and the, and the technology to get you get you walking again. And yeah, I, 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 saw that, I saw that yesterday. I wasn't sure what they were using like the AI for in that scenario. Yeah, but it, it seemed to work very well. Like it made him be able to walk from a wheelchair, and then even when it was turned off, it healed him to a point where he could walk with crutches. Very yeah, I think you know, um, in the world of medicine and biology and healthcare, this stuff is going to change the world rapidly. I feel like we're going to be in a scenario where you look back at photos of people in wheelchairs from polio and people right. dying from things that nobody today even knows what they are because they nobody's died from some disease for a long time i feel like we're entering another era of that which is you know dynamism at its best absolutely connor yeah someone found a pretty interesting note inside the github privacy policy so if you're using github copilot we're all fans of github copilot of course works very well inside vs code i'm playing around with their new chat feature um but if you use github copilot and you're accused of copyright infringement github will actually protect you github will actually defend you in law. Um, I'm assuming because they want to defend all copilot users. There's some yeah. stipulations, of course, you have to have their filter turned on and you have to not be intentionally goading it to give you copyrighted content. Besides that, it seems like GitHub will defend you if you're accused of copyright infringement, which is very interesting. So. Fascinating. A good play to try to get more businesses to use it too. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, you know, similar to Farb's story, I saw that this super, you know, if you don't know what a super bug is, it's these kind of you know, bugs that are resistant to antibiotic treatment that are starting to become very widespread, killing a lot of people every single year. And I saw they used AI to pretty much simulate finding a new antibiotic to kill that superbug. So similar Farb story, the effect on bio and healthcare and these uncontrolled environments, you know, this is where AI, whether it's LLMs or just statistical AI comes into play really well, running these simulations you couldn't do before. So Super cool to see the impact on real people's lives, you know, on the ground. The only way to fight a super bug is with a super intelligence. So I like that. I like and, that. And of course, as we like to say here on the show, it's, it's super cool. Uh, so 
very, very, very Ultron fighting Thanos vibes. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to the super era. Mm. The super era. Well, thank you guys as always for tuning into AI Daily, and we will see you again next week. Peace, guys.